Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your girl, Baba LaBelle, and we're back at it on Speak Up here on Beats TV. I know it's been a little while since we've been on here, but I had a little take a mental hiatus just for a little while. But now that I got my mind right, let's get back into it. Today, I am going to be hosting the most incredible epiphany. <laughs> How does it feel to be here? I'm nervous. <laughs> and it's crazy that you're my brother and this is my first time interviewing you. Yeah. You should have been the first person. And we've been uh, planning for this for how long now? For a very long time. A very, very yeah. long time. And this is actually like sporadic, like out of the blue. Like, yeah. hey, uh, I was, tonight? I was, I was, I was literally about to climb to bed. I've been up since like 4.30. And then you call me and it's like, hey, you want to shoot tonight? Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'm down, I'm coming. And now we're here. Now we're here. So today, um, we're going to actually be talking about relationship and mental health. Exploring what that is and how does that affect the relationship? How does mental health uh, affect the relationship? Um, I feel like growing up, we didn't really speak a lot about mental health. No, not at all. I think it's like now that we're in this grown age and we're going through our own things in life, like our eyes are opening more right, right. and we're being able to see like how that also played out in our parents too, like growing up as children. Mm. Yeah. Uh, growing up, uh, I know the word depression was almost taboo in a sense. Like that was not spoken of. Low doom when I'm um, speaking Creole, but low doom when, when the, how you say depression Creole? depression. And the response is, oh. Say Maji. No, nah, not Maji. <laughs> it's not that. I'm going to jump high. Yeah. That is true. That is true. Yeah, man. No, so, but a lot of times, too, even with like mental illness, I feel like with the um, with the Haitian community, at least, like they don't really believe in it. Or right. when they do see someone is, you know, acting abnormally, they'll say, oh, you know, they have voodoo on them or somebody puts a spirit on them. Yeah, yeah. Or there are zombies walking. Right. without a soul i think they don't really take the issue of like mental health like serious like and i feel like this goes down like i feel like the depression kicks in from generations and generations of oppression like we have to be the generation to sit back and be like okay let me reflect on the past and actually heal through this trauma and move forward uh, i would agree I, I i think there's multiple legs to it uh i would say yeah, our from a haitian standpoint just our history um of being oppressed, being sold into slavery, and then become the first black nation to kick off freedom, basically for everybody. Um, but like just growing up, you're hearing about what we had to go through, endure as Haitian, as, as a Haitian people. Mm -hmm. um, and it does play out in a way, cause you know, when we're taught about our history, it comes with something like when we go to work, go to school, there's a certain way that we must uh, uphold ourselves mm -hmm. as and remember who you are. Right. Um, and it's always it stems from being resilient, you know, and strong. That's true. So when <clears throat> someone's struggling mentally or have some type of uh, we could say anxiety or depression. I feel uh, like he's just like he has a sign of weakness. Exactly. You know, that's not us. Yeah. We're, we're not a nation of people who are weak. But I also do feel like that stems from like, a, you know, back in the day, like the culture is basically like on survival. Survival mode. mode. Yeah. Right. There's not really like a lot of affection 
there. Like, I mean, grateful for us, you know, thankful for us. Like, we had moms to be very affectionate to us. But even looking at, like, her parents, like, they're not affectionate no. at all. Like, whatsoever. No, 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 not at all. And that, and that affects, that affects uh, not just, you know, our relationship with our parents, but our relationship with each other, our relationship with the community. Um, and another thing, too, like, once we had the Haitians migrate over from Haiti to America, uh, we didn't get, even though we had the more opportunity to get the, the resources of being um, educated in mental health, I feel like there's some 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 boundaries that were there that we weren't able to fully. Um, I wouldn't really say boundaries. I just think that um, within our culture, I think it's just saving face and they like to uphold a certain look to society mm. and dealing with like mental illness doesn't uphold to that standard of mm. what they're supposed to be in society's eyes. I feel like Haitians like do this thing like where they have to save face like for society, like when it comes to mental illness, like we don't really uphold to the standard of what we're supposed to be like. So is it society? Is it, it's not just society in, in general. I feel like it's the Haitian community. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and also the biggest thing is, it stems from the honor shame. We operate in an honor shame culture. You know, like if you have dreads. I was just like, you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh my gosh. Shame, 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 shame. You can't have twists in your hair. You can't have big hair. You have to have a nice clean cut. Right. Tattoos, earrings, like. Right. So, um, so, uh, okay. So going back to mental health, us being uh, Haitian Americans and living here and we see, we have a chance to see how, um, where our Haitian parents, their culture, worldview, I guess their worldview stems from. And then we have the American side, the West side was more liberal, more being, you're an individual, you have more freedom, you have more say. Um, and I think that's where the struggle comes from. There's like a, this, this, this conflict uh, of which worldview should I, cause look, when I'm in school, I'm one way. When I get back home. Something totally different. Yeah, man, you know, I mean, I'm older, so things change, you know. Now? Things definitely change now, cause <coughs> now we got social media, we got Facebook, we have the TikTok, is that what they say? Yeah. <laughs> we got TikTok, we have all these other things. So, and two, I'm gonna add on to that, social media does also play a role within our uh, mental health as well. Yes, I do. I think it plays a big role, especially because we're always looking at like what the um, what the next person is doing or, you know, I find myself, I tend to find myself sometimes like, damn, this person is so sincere there and now I'm reflecting on my life. I should be here. I should be here. I should be mm. doing this. I should be doing that. I'm not where I'm supposed to be like they're ahead of the game. But truth mm. be told, it's like social media is just it's a glimpse. It's like a false reality. It's not yeah. even like the truth, like behind everything. And even those people, you don't even know what they did to to do to get to where you know where they are now and I had to take that to like am I willing to do the things that they did sometimes yes sometimes no but I learned within myself like things happen for you when it's supposed to happen for you like you know what I'm saying but I feel like even with being you know growing up as a child we always had that pressure like 
of always being compared to like other, other people, people or other kids other kids you know and then and then them kids are totally the opposite of what you know our parents even know like yeah. i'm like damn mom only if you really know what they're doing like yeah, you don't yeah. even really know like yeah. you know what i'm saying like why can't you be like so and so you know kid they going to school they doing this they working this job like okay yeah okay that's just the front you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah um, but i do feel like it's the pressure of being compared to other people oh, too man. like to, damn like pressure yeah that pressure is real it's real our parents are doing are like our parents are still doing that are you doing that with your kids so honestly like i'm not gonna lie i had to reflect sometimes i catch myself like i catch myself like but not like comparing them to other kids but i'm comparing my kids to each other like you know what i mean like the boys like i would compare ethan and elijah to each other like billy even has to catch me sometimes like they're two different people why you always keep saying uh. you know so i i do catch myself from time to time but i try not to like you know mm. at least not to compare them like in a bad way to make them feel like you know but look as you're saying that, I'm sure that's what our parents are thinking, saying too. I'm not trying to make you feel some type of way. I'm not trying to, you know. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Excuses. excuses. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but uh, so. But okay. So speaking of how that reflected us as a child, so what? What do you think? How does that reflect into like your relationship now that you're like an adult? Like. Um, yeah. So let's talk about relationships in that, in that sense. In a lot of ways, because like depending on your background and and how you were brought up uh, in the Haitian environment, culture, there's, again, like, there's some cultural nuances with that. Because um, you're taught to be a man. You're taught to provide. You're taught to do, uh, to gain these responsibilities as a Haitian man. Uh, and what it looks like is work hard, sacrificial. Um, it's almost like a tough love uh, but not saying Haitian men are are tough, because I think out of the most Caribbean, out of all the Caribbean uh, 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 islands, we're the most. Um, we the sensual. best. I'm sorry. Yeah, man. <laughs> we're very sensual. We're very. We, we fall in love at first sight. Ugh. We try to marry. Man, we try to marry you like on on on, on day one. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, by the same time behind that, you know, this, the way we operate is very, very like hard work. So so hard, you know, work hard, work hard, work hard. Now, when it comes to the actual relationship part of it, of being with someone and having the conversations and when a person starts to discover who you are, uh, that's where things get somewhat complicated. Yeah. But I feel like for Haitian men, I feel like they had the mindset of like, oh, you just wait, you work hard and pay bills and that's it. And that's really, yeah. And but here's the thing. Again, that's the for me personally. I can say that. Hold on. Let me let me think about this a little real quick. I was gonna say that's for the older. Cause like if you look if let's 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 look at grandpa for example, our grandfather. Um, that's what he did. Work hard, 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 and pay the bills and. But he is like emotionally like unavailable. Yeah, emotionally unavailable. Um. And again, now let's, let's look, let's go down the generation. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it gets better in a sense where they're more affectionate coming from the men's side. Do you think dad was affectionate with you? I think every. <laughs> you, cause you said coming down, like, so the next one would be dad after grandpa. Like, do you think See, dad... look, I can only speak from my own experience. That's the thing. And everyone's experience is totally different. You know what I'm saying? Because 
I have I have friends whose whose fathers are not the same. Not not everyone's father is gonna be the same. But from my experience, um, yes, right. In some ways, yeah, he was affectionate. And some other ways, I feel like I know for certain, like he could have worked on better to reflect. (laughs) I don't really, I don't feel like dad was affectionate. What? I feel like he was very friendly. Yes. So you're saying dad never said, I love you. No, but I'm not saying, I'm not saying he never said, I love you. And and again, I'm not saying I love you. It's like, oh, that's the the main form of of, of affection. affection, But I'm talking about as far as like hugs and stuff like that, like not, I mean, me, yeah, because I'm the girl. I'm the only girl, but I didn't really see that much with like, Oh uh, yeah, nah. I think he showed his, his affection again. Like every every man would show his affection a little different from what we may expect. What affection looks like, you know. Um, but he always gave us praise. Oh, that's one thing I could say about dad. Yeah. Like when we did something good, like he always acknowledges, like, oh, right. you guys did a good job, you know. Right, right, right. Especially when it came to academic stuff. Right. So. But the number one thing in the Haitian community would say is that our parents already say "I love you," right? And I think for our family we were able to hear that a lot yeah even to this day even to this day yeah even to this day so um me i'm grateful for that because those like i see some of my friends and i can't and it's weird for my because my friends are like that too like they don't have that like with their parents yeah and it's just like yeah my parents don't say i love you they don't like hugs they're not like touchy people yeah yeah i find it so odd like even with other siblings like they're shocked to see that me and you are close, but other siblings, they be having like robberies against each other. Like, right. damn, you beefing with your brother and sister like that? Ain't y'all brothers and sisters? Like, it's weird for me to see that, you know? Again, but that's but the norm to them. Exactly. That's the norm to them. And it, it shows you that not two families are alike in most cases. So, like, all right, going back to the whole relationship thing with mental health, right? Again, the, the girl, I mean, I'm speaking on my as a man. Mm-hmm. So, uh, my partner... Uh, she will come with her own convictions. She will come with her own baggage. She'll come with her own mental struggles based on her environment as well. And that's something that I need to almost like keep account of as well as I, me, myself have maybe similar struggles (coughs) or different situations, whatever the case is, you know, it's two people who are, uh, if you're not in like, how do we scale ment- mental health? Like, how healthy are you mentally? You know? Because at this point, I feel like everyone, everyone's dealing with yeah, some type of anxiety. Everyone, everyone is. We talked about this the other day. We talked about how everyone has, like, a little bit of mental illness yeah. in them. Is, what is the scale, though? Like Yeah, well, like, how do you actually scale? Like, how do you, so how is one actually scale? Is hey, it man. really how do you scale, or is it just when someone just snaps, like, when they had enough? No, no, no. There's, 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 well, okay, so I've been going to therapy, um, and it's been... A lifesaver. I've discovered way more things about myself, um, and how to, cause I've, cause I've even doing this right now. It's kind of like different for me. For the past few years, man, I've been struggling with social anxiety. Me too. Like bad. Welcome to the club. And I've never really struggled with that ever. And it's funny. Okay, so like, with your social anxiety, is it like okay with me when I have social anxiety, like? Even though I'm speaking to someone, but in my mind, like I'm overthinking everything. Like, oh, did I yeah. say something right? Do they understand what right. I'm saying? Like, are they following? Am I oh, following? Yes. That I get so lost in my thoughts. Like, damn, I'm not even focused on what they're saying. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, I, I. It's, it is almost crippling. Yeah. You know, and 
uh, and it sucks really. And for those who are actually struggling with social anxiety, I'm, uh, I'm empathetic with you. Mm -hmm. I sympathize with you. Uh, I'm there with you and I'll encourage to with any type of anxiety, depression, if you feel like therapy is not going to do it for you or you have something against it, man, um, I want to encourage you. Do you believe if, do you believe that two people that are struggling mentally can coincide? Coincide? Yeah. Yeah. Together. Like they can like, you know, hell hell yeah. But instead of toxic, (laughs) (laughs) that's what I'm saying. We trying to break from the toxic and get into the healthy. So how do you Uh, do that? If you're both struggling mentally. Oh, so we've, we've, we have friends who are, when we look at the relationship and two people are not mentally healthy, again, for my definition of mentally healthy, because people have some, everyone has a level oh, of what struggle. What I'm like mentally struggling. Like- yeah, yes. Yeah, sorry. So there's a struggle. Mm-hmm. If you're not like tackling your struggle and not working on your struggle and you're in a relationship with somebody else, you're affecting that person and vice versa, you know? And then that's when that toxic, toxicity level kind of like goes up and you see the tension, you see the breaks up, the breakups, you see the fights, you see the lying, you see, um, the posing you see, cause look, everyone has wounds. Um, and as men, what, uh, I just discovered also, uh, I have a life coach. So I had a, my, my session today and I'm going through this book called wild at heart by John Aldridge. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, uh, men, we are, afraid to be exposed i could see that yeah because men always has like a wall up like it's yeah like they're scared to be vulnerable and yeah we're afraid that (laughs) we're not going to be seen as masculine or not being able to lead or not being able to do certain things that as a man should so we will overcompensate on certain things you know like for example um he, he John gives this uh, analogy where he goes to the mechanic shop and he's like, the me- the mechanic comes out and his, and his hand is greasy. He's like, yeah, man, you know, like your 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 bearings are washed out, man. Your compressor is out, and you know, John's like, and John doesn't know nothing about cars, but he's like, yeah, yeah, man, I know it's my 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 bearings, you know. But he doesn't want to feel like he doesn't know anything. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And I feel like everyone, all of us have a level of, of that fear of, 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 of being exposed for not being who they are. Right. Now that's one aspect of being, um, but isn't that considered like the imposter syndrome? See posing in imposter syndrome is almost the same thing, but it's like two different things. Right. Cause imposter syndrome feels like I'm not supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and in a relationship, how does that look like? I feel like with imposter syndrome in a relationship, that feels like a lot of doubt. Like doubt, doubt, doubt within the relationship, the relationship, or just doubt within. I mean, but doubt within yourself is doubt within the relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like what I've learned with um, dealing with mental health, I always felt like um, even growing up, I was with that pressure, like I was never enough. So I was always trying to go above and beyond, like even you know, surpassing my capacity to try to be that enough mm-hmm. and always feeling like, damn, no matter what I do, it's never going to be enough. But mm-hmm. I feel like I'm dragging that now into my marriage, into my relationship as a mm-hmm. parent and as a wife. And then it's like, 
is bringing me more down than it should be bringing me up. Mm. Do you find that as we get older, we're looking for more validation? Yes. I, f- I feel the and same. And I thought it would go away, like as you get older, like as you right. get older, you'll get into the I don't give up stage. Yeah, like I'm so certain about who yeah. I am. Yeah, and but stuff it's like, like that. no, but it's like yeah. as you get older, it's like damn, it's like the more doubt <sighs> that comes when, like damn, did I make the right decision? Is this, mm-hmm. you know, like. I have a family. I yeah. got, yeah. Am I doing like. Because now it's like I'm not thinking for myself, like the decisions that I make not only affect me, but affects everyone else, else behind me that's right. depending on me. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then comes the pressure of working the nine to five. Uh, kind of pressure of if you're in school, like you're trying to like excel in that as well. Uh, Build my, a business. The business. If you have a, if you have a business and you're trying to be the best entrepreneur, that's that's pressure too. Because until this climate, I feel like things are just happening fast, 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 um, and we're just trying to keep up. Yeah, we're just trying to keep up. So, go going back to like growing up in a Haitian environment. Um, not a lot of us, like our parents gave us the, the tools or the skills or the knowledge how to either deal with pressure, how to deal with anxiety, how to deal with stress, how to even deal with depression. Um, going back to what you said before, it's like you need to hold a standard, right? And trying to hold that standard, me realizing this now has been so detrimental. Yeah, I think it's harder to hold that standard than to just actually be yourself and just go with the wind. Yeah. And like, like you know, just go through life course how I was supposed to go through life course. Right. Um, I think with that, we're all trying to be in control of every situation that we get into. And it's hard for us to just like go on like God sometimes. Yeah. Speaking of God, me being the person of faith, I we have to... <clears throat> Yeah, that's funny how we just cough at the same time. No, because we're Irish twins. <clears throat> uh, so, like, what I see too is identity. Like, like, what, what how are we ident- identifying ourselves? Or to what are we? To what are we? I guess attaching our identity to. Like, for example, right. Um. I hate to use myself at the moment. But you got to. Because yeah, nobody yeah. knows you better than you. Yeah, let me just be uh, vulnerable. Transparent. Transparent yes. and, and being a little vulnerable here, man. Um, so, yeah, so, like, I used to, like, so, like, my identity was so much found in this, in this vision of this confident, macho man. And, but deep inside, man, I was a wounded, a wounded child. Mm-hmm. Boy. Uh, and I carry some of those things that happened to me in the past until manhood, right? Um, so, like, try and go through, so going through that process of, like, hey, you need to go back and talk to your inner child and say, hey, it's okay. You're fine. You can be okay. I love you. What happened in the past is, is, does not define you. These are the things I'm learning now, right? And... uh Another thing, I, I was putting my identity in my career. Yo, again, for validation. And not saying, like, you know, uh, our career shouldn't define us in, in a way, right? But that was, like, some what some people 
would do in by mistake is like, hey, my passion. They were they were tied their career and passion together, right? Um, and again, I'm saying it's a bad thing, but in my situation, I put my identity into my career, and it kind of like blindsided me, because my passion is is to love people. Mm-hmm. Um, my career is only the arm ramp for me to like to love people in a sense like that. But when I slowly put it on, when I when I slowly put my focus on my career, 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 and things are not happening the way that I wanted to happen in my career, it is the anxiety that I had before is amplifies. The depression that happened that I had before amplifies, gets worsened. The social anxiety that I get now, it just, like I'm just in this quicksand at this moment, and I feel stuck. But how do you ever pull yourself out of that stuckness? Like when you're in that like comfort zone of like, when you've just fallen completely, like what is your motivation to pull yourself out of that like destructive mm. phase? Um, I look for people around me to 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 I make sure to have, which a lot of men don't. Have, oh, you notice a lot of men again, and I'm talking from the man perspective. <laughs> TMI. Can I even say I hope that? you don't have one. <laughs> I hope you don't have one. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So like, a lot of men don't really have friends like that. Like, a lot of men run by themselves. They're lone wolves, and in this race called life, you need genuine friends who can continue to push you, correct you, uh, lift you up when you're down. Uh, so by grace of God, I have that. So I can lean to my friends. Now for my partner, going back to relationships through like the, that that aspect of relationship, um, you need a partner at the same time to do the exact same thing. Recognize your weakness. Because uh, you know, one thing I know about women, man they, see, man, they see through all that shit from a guy. They, especially if you're in a long-term relationship and they know who you are, and you trying to put up put up this front, like they know who you are, and they seem the darkest and the and the weakest side of you. Us men have to be honest. I um <clears throat> honest. We got to be honest. <laughs> Stupid. Um, from my perspective, right? Am I? I mean, you're a girl. To to a certain degree, because I feel like sometimes y'all men could just really put on a a front. Yeah, a mask like a no. Of course, because you know why. It's going back to the whole thing about being exposed. Like we're not trying to be like look like punks. Like we don't know what the hell we're doing. But sometimes it's so aggravating and annoying because then like um, women, like we're emotional beings. Like you know what I mean? Like very nurturing and emotional beings. So when you have that front of that macho ness, it doesn't give us like much room to be vulnerable or open. And that expectation that we're setting of like, okay, we need this emotional attachment from you, but all we get is a little pat on the head or some shit like that. Like. It doesn't work. No, I, I agree. I, I agree. And going back to us men being honest about our emotions, you know, let me tell you something. It's like a catch-22. Like, it might... <laughs> okay, it's like a catch-22. Because, like, I want to be honest, but sometimes I feel like, yo, if I'm honest with you, how are you going to judge me? It's like, is that going to make, like, 
Okay, but is it's it, vice no, no, versa because no, 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 we feel no, the no, same no, way. No, 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 no. Is it going to affirm, man? See, I know this nigga wasn't shit already. You know what I'm saying? I know he didn't, he didn't have it. Listen, if a if if a girl if a girl if a if a woman is thinking that way, and or for y'all men out there, if you be honest with your girl and she and that's the response that you get, she she ain't the one for you. You know what I'm saying? What what the hope is is that, oh babe, like thank you for your honesty. Like I know that's very hard to share with, but you know I'm here with you. You know what I'm saying? But. Uh, and sometimes us guys. But sometimes it depends on the it depends on the scenario for a woman to react how she react though. It depends on how long you've been lying to this girl. See, putting wait, on wait, the wait. front. So wait, so like you think that's lying? Yeah, if you if you're not showing your true face, it's lying. It's it's. it's I already said y'all women. If you wearing a mask. <laughs> nah, nah, but no, it's don't not. just insin- don't just automatically assume that women can see no, behind okay. your mask. Okay. That's like thinking that a woman could read your mind. Like no, no, yes, yes, and no, in a way. But that's a long term. So long term, like you've already seen most sides of the person, right? In most cases, and I'm always gonna resolve back to the man is always afraid to be exposed, and then when he does expose himself, he he's I'm telling you, he is more so afraid of how how his girl gonna feel about this honesty that he shares. And you're absolutely right. Like, we, there should be like a, a safe space to be honest with each other and and being able to. I feel um a little guilty. <laughs> I feel a little guilty because I do feel like I need to chill on that. Chill on what? Like, you know how you be like when a man be trying to be honest. Yeah. And then the woman just be like throwing it in his face. Yeah. I do feel like, you know. Yo, I'm, all right, let's, I'm a little petty a little bit. I'm going to keep it a buck. I'm going to keep it 1,000 with you. Being a man, and it's not free to understand either, but being a man is very hard. It is extremely hard. And is in an, it's meant to be hard for I us I mean, men. before I would, I would not say that I couldn't see it, but now I do see it because I feel like Truth be told, especially black men, I feel like they have more pressure than anyone in the world. You know what I mean? Like you guys have to, uh, you guys have the expectation from other people to always be strong, right? Always be providers, right? Um, Always be protectors. And I think that's the main thing. Like when they look at a black man, (coughs) they always expect for the man to be the protector of their woman, their household, their family, right? I mean, that's, but that's supposed to be that, but that's, we are supposed to be that though. But when you already have, as a black man, when you already have so much against you, uh, I see you coming step from. Out. No, I see, I see where you're coming from. But as a man, we're supposed to be that. But the world, life be life in, and we have other struggles. Going back to the mental health thing, like depending where you're at uh, with your mental health, if you're not like tackling these issues, it's going to be hard. To be honest, like I'd rather say that, hey, hey, babe, like I'm going to therapy right now. I'm just what I'm struggling with. It's gonna take some time to get over it. So then, would you ask your girl to do therapy together? Which me? Like, if, the, if the relationship was bad? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're struggling, yeah, we got the therapy together for sure. We, um, and not everyone's the same. You know, people have their differences about therapy, but for me, I think that's a non non-negotiable. Like. 
we have to see life as athletes. Man, just tell them, bro, go get, go get that therapy, y'all. Stop waiting. Yeah, stop waiting. And get a damn therapist. We have to see life like athletes. For example, like, when I ran track, I'm a, I'm a natural fast runner. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Three-time district okay. champion. Okay, we know. You know what I'm saying, man? Uh, went yeah, to you regionals. were fast at one point, but you ain't fast now. Hey, you know, but there's a time for everything. <laughs> What the heck? This is time At least you ain't denying it. This time for everything. <laughs> this is time for everything, man. At least you ain't denying it. But all that to say, like, I was naturally gifted as a as a uh, track star. Um, but all that without any coaching. It's not until I got to see, like, my senior year of high school where I got a coach. And he's like, man, you're naturally fast, but your technique's terrible. Like, let's work on your technique. And then I start breaking my personal record time that got faster and faster and faster and faster. I was like, man, I wish I had this coach back in my freshman year because I probably would have won the States, probably would have placed. So, like, I I say this to show you that sometimes that's how life is. Like, maybe as a, as a man or a woman, you have this, you, you're doing your best in life naturally. You know, you're naturally, if you're a good person, you know, like, you know, how to handle your your responsibilities without anyone teaching how to do it. But sometimes this this there's a way that you just never was exposed to of handling something. And that's why you need a life coach or need a therapist just to get over that bump. Because you've been doing something for so long and you've been conditioned to do something for such a long time. When you mm-hmm. meet someone, man, you're coming in with your preconceived notions, uh, your convictions. And it may not have been the right way, you know, like in my relationship, like I came in with a lot of no boundaries because I was a yes, sir. I did. I did everything for everybody else. Nothing for myself. All right. I lack of boundaries. And because of the lack of boundaries, it affected me mentally because I didn't know how to properly deal with my my self anxiety. You know, I didn't love myself. I wasn't kind to myself. And these things that. I couldn't see because I was doing something uh, for so, so long in a certain way. So that's why I would recommend therapy or some form of that to where you could change your mindset. Cause man, um, as we grow, there's gonna be, there's gonna be different challenges as we grow, you know, like we're young now, but 20 years from now we'll be 50 and uh, hopefully your kids will have grandkids. Damn, and- I am 30. Yeah, Damn, yeah. Be 50 years, 24 years. Yeah, man. That's crazy. Me too. You know what I'm saying? And then we'll have kids. <coughs> and then my kids will hopefully have kids. And then this, it's like a whole different type of challenges that we have to uh, 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 almost like resolve. Um, and not only think about our physical health, but our mental health too. Because uh, as we get older, now we see that dementia is prevalent. We see Alzheimer's is like an all-time high right now. So all these things that I'm thinking about right now is like, yo, how do I, again, get that coach so that, because I'm still fit. I see some of my friends who are my age, hey, they, man, they got a gut. They, they, they lost all Bro, that. Bro, what's wrong with having a gut? Ain't nothing wrong with having a gut. Now you're making me go over here touch my gut. Nah, ain't, hey, listen. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> ain't, ain't what nothing. What you trying to say? <laughs> hey, yeah, listen, man, I'm all for like physical health, man, like, t- like t- taking care of yourself, right? I'm all for that. I'm really all for that. Um, but if you if you don't start now and you're trying to do it at 50 years old, 60 years old. Yeah, it's going to be hard. Nah, man. Come on, bro. 
Oh, forty. Oh yeah, we gotta oh, cut man. it. Oh right, man, Okay, so to wrap up today on Speak Up, um, we want to wait. What were we talking about again? Relationships and mental health. Yes, relationships and mental health. Seek that help that you guys need. It's okay to get a counselor. It's okay to get therapy. Yeah. Um, make sure that you guys do follow me on Instagram at Baba underscore Labelle underscore, and go ahead and follow Epiphany at. What's your Instagram? Uh, don't follow me right now. <laughs> Yeah, don't follow me right now. Why you want them to follow you right now? Huh? Because uh, I'm t- I'm taking like a little hiatus off social media real quick. Lord, excuses, excuses. Until next time. Until next time, you guys, on Beast TV. All right, y'all. Thank you for kicking it with us on Speak Up tonight. And we talked about relationship and mental health. And it is okay to seek that therapy that you need. Come back and kick it with us again next week, um, Friday night at 9 p.m. And if you want to follow us, follow us at BTV Media on Instagram. And also follow us at Baba underscore LaBelle underscore. See you.